You are now listening to Soul Power to the People podcast with Tess Fregera. It's a podcast designed to bring awareness on intended or unintended crimes against humanity, how we can rise above it, claim our divine inheritance, and return the soul power to the people. Welcome to Soul Power to the People podcast. Cassie's so excited. Thank you for having me as a guest. It's an honor. <laughs> I approached you maybe a couple of months ago already. Yeah. And thank you for keeping up the conversation and, yeah. and communication. And I'm a little bit busy, just a little. <laughs> a little bit busy. Yeah. So what really had me connect with you is the subject of homelessness. Right where I live here in city of Minneapolis, right in Minneapolis, um, a couple of blocks from me is a long line of tents mm-hmm. of homeless people. Every time I pass by, I go from sympathy to what can we do about it to blaming the government because they have a hand in this. And I want to check your perspective. How does one go into homelessness? And it's not shifting blame, but really looking at the problem, that there is a problem. First, we need to acknowledge that there's a problem. And it it, it has become, I've never seen so much homelessness um, in the city before. I saw it back in 2015 in California and long lines of tents. And then when I came back here, I'm like, wow, I never realized Minneapolis was the same and Seattle was the same. So it's all over the place uh, that we're seeing this. So what are your thoughts? And first, um, Cassie, why did you agree to come on the show? And what is the crime against humanity that you can't shut up about? Well, I agreed for the show because homelessness is such, um, it's almost like a stigma that needs to be addressed. And if I can share my personal story of being homeless, I mean, it was only for seven days, but it was seven days that was long enough to, to understand the whole process. And it was absolutely horrible. And if my story of hope that anyone's struggling with, you know, financial issues or, you know, um, lodging issues or, or whatever it is that maybe they can find the courage to get out of themselves out of their their rut um and the crime against humanity that i will that i passionately talk about everywhere i go which is portrayed on my wall of love back there which i'll talk about a little bit later is uh, child sexual abuse because i was a victim um i don't like the word victim but anyway i was molested as a small child in in my in the foster home that i was at till i was four and when my, my mom remarried, she came back and got me. And there was a lot of domestic violence. Uh, like I, I would, it was safer for me to, to, to sleep in the doghouse. And chapter one in my book talk is called Doghouse Rules because that's the only place where I felt safe. So that is, that's what I talk about. Um, that's what I'm very passionate about. Um, getting back to the homelessness part, though, I, I have been to Minneapolis. Uh, I go there twice a year uh, downtown to, um, for a spiritual seminar, and I've seen firsthand the amount of homelessness that that, that is there. And um, I've, I, I usually I work with the people, the, the Salvation Army, Army people that are on the corners, and they're handing, they're you know they're asking for donations. I'll usually stand with them <laughs> and talk to the talk to the people because it's not look. A lot of people will look at 
the homeless and be rude and you know they 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 send comments and you know get a job you slob or you know you know how awful people can be when in reality they're they don't see what actually brought that person to homelessness now I was a nurse for 13 years and I'm educated, I'm smart, I'm intelligent, you know, I got life going for me. However, at the age of 40, at the age of 42, I ended up um, losing my nursing career because I was, it was very easy for me to take care of other people's problems without taking care of my own. So all the sexual abuse as a child, all like I was raped many times. I was gang raped at 19. I was drugged and raped, you know, at 18. I was, I had three suicide attempts. I was, oh my God, like, uh, but instead of talking about it, I, what I did is I chose to ignore it and just repress it, repress it, repress it. And even though I had the, the three suicide attempts when I was young, when I was like 19, 20, 21, um, I didn't get the, the help that I needed. Instead, I threw myself into school. I mean, I, I, I became pregnant with, you know, my, my husband at the time. So I had my daughter. So I just kind of flipped that switch and focused on my daughter and focused on getting an education and a career. So now I got this great career, but um, I'm going to use nursing uh, ideation. So if you have a wound, which in my case, I carried inside uh, as of, you know, all the trauma, the low self-esteem being constantly told since I was a child that I'm useless, I'm stupid, I'm ugly, I'm, you know, I'm fat, I'll never amount to nothing, I'm a waste of skin, I pollute the air, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Well, you tend to believe that. So inside, I'm carrying around, I have a wound, nobody can see that wound, but it's there. And right. what happens to a wound when you don't take care of it, it gets infected. And if you don't take care of the infection, it goes septic and it can kill you, right? It gets gangrenous, right? right? It's, that's just the thing. So if we care, if we think about um, our inner scars, our inner pain that we carry around with us, like excess baggage, it, it's the same thing as a wound because it's there and it hurts when we think about it. So even though I, I'm a nurse, I'm, I got this fabulous career. I'm in orthopedics. I'm in plastic surgery. I mean, like, you name it. I got all these things going on. I still have this wound and how that transpired is because I didn't take care of that. It, it became infected and the infection turned in, it, it turned, it affected. I started drinking, right? I have low self-esteem. The men that I chose were not the best of, uh, you know, prize packages here. It affected the decisions that I made because as I, I, I'm pushing myself to work, 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 I'm not taking care of me. So I had from 2000 to the year 2007, I endured in extreme domestic violence with two separate men. I was strangled three times to the point of uh, losing consciousness. I mean, I lived with a shovel on my porch as a reminder of what I'd be buried with. I was under constant death threat, threats of being sold into human trafficking. I mean, you name it. I was stalked. Like, oh, my, it was it was horrible. Like the fact that I'm alive is beyond me. It's due to my faith, I think, and, and just that kept me going. I've had a lot of spiritual experiences, which I talk about uh, in the book, but it's it's what kept me pushing one foot in front of the other. In 2007, I escaped that crazy psych psychopathic ex. But still, you still need a paycheck. I still, you know, I try and survive, pretend that I'm tough, that I'm a survivor. And I got this, you know, you know, what happens in the past days in the past? How many people say that? Right? Yes. It happened yes. a long time ago. No, oh, who uh -huh. cares? You know, move on. You're educated. You have this great career. In reality, I never told a soul, not even my mother knew any of it. So when I was 42, that fatal day when I, I went to work and I'm looking at my 10 patients that I got to take care of, 
I can't read the sheet. I can't, my, my brain just shut down. And that's when I knew that I couldn't pretend that I was okay anymore. So even though I was trying to change, it's a process. Change doesn't happen overnight. I ended up losing my career because I couldn't stop drinking. I had so many issues, so many levels of trauma that needed addressing that it doesn't happen in a 21-day treatment center. I mean, I needed long-term treatment, but I didn't have the the ability to take that year off. So guess what? The universe provided that for me by losing my career, ending up homeless. That week of homelessness, let me tell you, when I was looking at um, the people that were around me, people have a misconception that it is only uh, addicts, people with mental health issues, um, you know, people who are lazy, who don't want to work, who want to use abuse system. It's not like that. It's when you're in that position. I mean, I was even robbed. I had, I literally had no, I had no identification. I only had the clothes on my back, and I'm standing there depressed, like, oh my god, that's not even the word. And I'm looking at my my super dismal surroundings and I'm thinking, how the heck did I end up here? Like, I'm educated. So when Uh I'm talking to the people, I realize a lot of the people um, have had uh, health issues where uh, their insurance doesn't pay or where they they lose their jobs because they they don't they have health issues. They lose their house, their wife, you know, they they get uh, divorced. they, They lose everything. And with that, they lose hope. And they just give up. They say, you know what? I don't, I can't do this. It's overwhelming. I'm just going to forget it. And it is overwhelming. And I get that. And when I was there, on, I, I, I walked around for about seven days. And on the seventh day, this is my godsend. A man named Toothless Joe, and I kid you not, comes up to me. And, and I literally, I had my head on the table like this. And I'm looking at my surroundings thinking, oh, my God. Like, I'm educated. How does this happen? And this man named Toothless Joe, he slaps me on the back and he goes, this is the life, you know, live it, love it. And when he did that, it's like time slowed and I'm looking at my surroundings and that cloud of of depression that I'd had for decades, it just shattered. And I look at him and I said, what did you just say? And I said, this is not my life. I don't care what you think is okay, buddy, but this sucks. (laughs) Like This is not my life. And although I had nothing, I had my mind. And I could have easily went and had a drink again and just continue the path that I was on. But I made a choice. I made one decision, changed my entire life because I decided that my purpose in life was not to stand on the corner drunk looking at that guy. (laughs) <laughs> and I said, this, this is not here, man. This, this is done. So I turned around. I went to the hospital. I detoxed. And I found a faith-based program for women called the Hope Mission uh, Wellspring Program, where you, women live there. There's 25 women that live in a house. And you 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 have your own room. You have food, you know, room and board for a year. You have uh, therapy Monday to Friday, 9 to 4. You have Bible study in the morning. I mean, you, you get back to basics. You don't have to worry about bills. You don't have to worry about anything but you. So I had to unlearn everything that I'd been taught, that I was useless and, you know, all that crap. I had to relearn at the age of 42 who Kathy really was. I mean, and then the hardest part was accepting how awesome I am. But you know what? I am not the lies that have been fed into me since childhood. I'm not that brainwashed person that 
I got a lot to offer. And holy cow, I, I freaking rock. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like my value does not decrease based on somebody else's inability to see, to see, to see my own worth. I define who I am, not somebody else, but it took yes. a long time to understand that. It, I had to really flip that switch in my mind. I had to, to re recalculate, reset my mind and look at myself. But by now you got to think I'm 42. I don't know what I like, what I don't like. You know, I don't know. Oh my God. I know yeah. is nursing, right? Yes, so yes. How do you change careers? I knew I couldn't go back to nursing. I'm too much of a caregiver and it's too easy for me to slip into old, old habits. So right. I, I, I ended up going to a career planning workshop where um, I took a three day thing to find out what I liked, you know, at, at the age of 42. And, uh, uh, after three days, the lady gives me back my sheet in big letters across the top. It said heavy equipment operator. Oh my God. I laughed so hard. I just about fell off my chair. Honest to God. I thought it was the most ridiculous career change ever. I'm like, there's no way. I mean, come on. I'm 42. I'm a woman. I don't even like equipment. I'm not mechanically inclined. And it's a man's job. Like, really, I push back the test and I say, your test is wrong. The woman puts one hand on her hip, puts her glasses down, raises the eyebrow, gives me the look and says, if only you'd believe in yourself a little bit, Missy, you'd see the test is right. She puts on a Les Brown video called It's Possible. And I start. he, he, he talks about um, if you have a dream, even though you don't believe it'll happen, ask yourself, is it possible? And so I started thinking, well, even though I don't like equipment, I could, I'm a good driver. I mean, I could drive a truck. I had no idea of, of the kind of truck I'd end up driving. So all of a sudden I started thinking it's possible. So it's this possible. Book, it's possible that that shift in mindset is all it took. I went from sitting like this is BS, like, you know, I wasted all this time to thinking, you know what? It's possible. This woman sent me to a nonprofit organization that we have here in Canada called Women Building Futures, where they put women into the non-traditional trades. And the day I walk in, another Godsmack, the day I walk in was... Godsmack. <laughs> I got, yeah, God shots. They're, they're everywhere. Um, was the day that ExxonMobil, the biggest oil and gas company in the world, Imperial Oil here in Canada, were there offering the first time ever pilot project for women, they were paying for 16 women to get into this program to op learn how to operate heavy equipment. It was a 12-week program. They paid for it. $18,000. They paid for it. Phenomenal. 170 women applied. I got picked. They picked 16 out of 170. I got picked. Wow. I did the course. Out of the 16, they hired 11, and I got hired. Um, there, there was a lot involved in that. I mean, it's not like I was given to me. I had to do a lot of, uh, you know, evaluations and stuff. I really worked hard for that, but I ended up getting picked and that was in 2013. And for the audio for people, this is the truck that I drive. You can kind of see me standing there. It is the biggest truck in the world. I don't know. Can you see it? Uh -huh, uh -huh. The biggest truck in the world. It's two and a half stories high. It's 400 tons. It carries 400 tons. When the box is up, it's five stories high. And I mean, there I am, five, six. The tires are um, 14 feet high. The thing is, it's a house. It's 3,800 square feet. It's a freaking house. So I'm standing there. You can't see it on the book. But as I'm, I'm there, it's my first day on site. And I'm looking up at this truck thinking, oh, my God, like, how did I end up here? Like, two years ago, I was standing drunk on the streets with Toothless Joe. Right? <laughs> 
So like the, the enormity of the change of one decision that I had made that enough was enough. And wow. the thing was, is that I didn't wait for someone to, to, to make the change for me, because if you do that, you're going to wait forever. You right. as a person have to take the steps necessary to change. And that's what I did. And, and that's wow. just, the, that's just the beginning. I mean, my job is my job. I've been there for eight years. It's phenomenal. I now operate other equipment. I operate the largest grader in the world, but that's, it's just a job. My real passion is working with, uh, on my days off. I, cause I get, I work 14 days. I get 14 days off. I travel the world now. Well, as soon as COVID lifts, but before COVID I travel the world, thus my wall of love. I got all these pictures and gifts and cards and notes from, from people. And I work with women in shelters. I give free personal development classes. I talk to them about, you know, uh, self-esteem and anger management and, you know, boundaries, codependency, things that are crucial. I, I visit schools. I talk to youth. I go to juvenile homes. I even visit prisons and I visit communities who crave change to teach them, you know what? You are the master and commander of your own ship. It doesn't matter what happened to you. What matters is what you do with it. Do you stay in the past and, and live there? Or are you going to say, okay, you know what? This sucks. It hurts. It's awful. But I'm going to use that, flip it around, use my pain and catapult me to the next level where I can empower not only myself, but other people. So I now I've written a children's book, which is in five languages. And this I give freely to all children who have been sexually abused. What's the title of the book? Oh, sorry. Uh, the Mystical Swordsman of the Sukma, which means God, right? Yeah. Wow. Love it. This is the proudest moment of my life. It's in the Church of Grenada. There's 138 students, and I gave them the hands of hope. And it was, it's a big project that I do. I do a lot of charity everywhere I go. So, yeah, I'm very passionate about what I do. <laughs> right. Oh, I love it. I love your story. It's so full. And again, uh, you addressed what is at the core of homelessness and what's at the core of uh, addiction. Usually there is an unhealed trauma there. There is. Yeah. And, yeah. and I've seen it because I've dealt with, man, when I go back to that, that women's program, Wellsprings. I go back, I've been going there since I, I left in 2013 and I talked to thousands, literally thousands of women it doesn't matter what walk of life that they come from. The core, uh, the, 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 main, the main foundation is that we've all suffered from um, deep trauma. And I mean, I visit men's programs too, and it's the same. It doesn't matter whether you're a woman or a man. It's, it's the trauma that goes undealt with. And honestly, until you deal with it, it's going to stay there. Um, right, uh, right. It, it is. And, and you know, relapse is only a drink away from me. I have, I have nine years sober and I think about it all the time. My best friend uh, just passed away. She was, uh, she had eight and a half years sober. She did a lot for her and I were roommates in Wellspring. She did a lot for human trafficking, traveled the world with the Salvation Army, but relapsed after eight and a half years, unable to um, see her own worth. And uh, she ended up passing away uh, fr from heart failure due to drug relapse in my own home in December. And it, I mean, it just, it's, I just did had her memorial last week and it's just devastating to me because I mean, man, you're, it's so close. And unless you heal from the inside out, it's always mm -hmm. going to be there always. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. 
you, you, you can pretend, put on that smile that you're fine, like I did for many years in nursing, but at the core foundation, that is where the healing needs to come from. And yes, it hurts. Yes, it's hard. I mean, you may have not had, had the ability to stop whatever it was that happened to you in your life, but you have the power to choose right now how to overcome it, how to change it, how to fix it. Because only mm-hmm. you can do that. You, your, your loved ones can't do it. Your, your, your kids can't do it. You know, your parents can't do it. You have to do it. And, and right. most people... Most people think that when they're in such a dark place that they're, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm speaking from personal experience, that you think you're buried, that, you know, the world hates you, that God hates you. And why does this keep happening to me? But in reality, if you can only shift your focus a little bit and see that you've actually, you're like a seed that's been planted, you know, you, you, uh-huh. you can actually grow from that. That is where the dark, out of the darkness has to come the light. You just have to find it. So how how were you able to find it after being, you know, sexually abused and strangled almost to death and uh, and all that? How are you able to shift uh, your perspective? Um, you know, I had to take uh, I that treatment I went to. Um, it was uh-huh. in uh, I, I lived there. So I had uh-huh. Monday to Friday treatment with different counselors. I had, you know, I did a lot of work. We had workbooks this thick. I did a 12-week sexual assault recovery group with a very small group of women. I had to do it twice because I had so many layers. Um, uh, You can't do it alone. You have to find the help that you need. And if you say that you don't have money, that's just an excuse because there's so many free free, um, resources now online. So many, even go to my webpage, go to kathytakaro.com. I have a list of resources in Canada and the U.S. that cover addiction, depression, like you name it. You can get the help you need. There's free worksheets. There's there's so much available to you now that wasn't there in the year, you know, in the year 2000 and 2007 when I was looking. So you right. have to make that right. effort, right? Pick up right. that phone, make that call. That is so true. Um, we, uh, one, there's so much programming. I didn't go through the level of trauma that you did, but there was some separation yeah. from my own worth. You know, just being told no can be um, very limiting, right? That that you can't experience your own capabilities because you've been told no several times. So what more for someone like you who has been through uh child sex trafficking. Um, I've interviewed a couple of people, no, three or four people on the subject of uh, child sex trafficking. And it does tie into homelessness. It does tie to mental health uh, crisis. It's it's all of that. And uh, for me, you know, I was an accountant too. And I, exactly the same thing, you know, uh, me, a teacher, me, uh, this, like, who do I, you know, who the hell do you think you are that you can yeah. um, provide this information? You don't have your life together, blah, 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 right? Yeah. So I really admire that you went for it. Um, and I also heard that it took you two years from having that moment with Toothless Joe to um, actually <laughs> driving the truck. Yeah. Wow. So that was, that's, that's pretty amazing. Like that you must've been, wow, I did it. Like, like I broke free. I found my true 
I wouldn't say true calling, but you know that the assessment truly does not lie. Yeah. That this is yeah. your gift. I love it. Um, and I'm going to say to every woman out there, oh my gosh, try it. It is so much fun. It's empowering. It's like, yeah, to all those <laughs> MF, you know, that told me that I was useless amount to nothing. Who is driving this truck? Me, not you, me. Right? <laughs> all empowered. Yeah. And it's got a good paycheck to it. So, you know, do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me more about your work with child sex trafficking, because that if there was anything that made me cry last year, that that it came out uh, in the open last year, like oh my god, we're normalizing pedophilia. We're it's, it, disgusting. it's like disgusting. I, I recently joined as a volunteer with our rescue. I haven't had time to do too much involvement because I'm crazy busy doing ten thousand things, but. Our rescue is Operation Underground uh, Railroad, right? I don't know if you've heard of them. They're all over the world. Uh, it's a Christian thing. And it, it, they do, it, it's, it's, a, it's a fellow who's in the CIA who was doing undercover down in South America. And he found out what was going on and decided, okay, this is this is horrid for it. So he started this, this, this the nonprofit. And I started as a volunteer. So now that COVID is, is finally hopefully lifting and the world is um, tra- opening up, I'm uh, connecting with them because I want my book to be distributed to all their homes where the children are being uh, re uh, rehomed, I guess, or, you know, put in safe homes where they can get to uh, recovery. So, yeah. and I'm going to Peru in November um, for Caterpillar. I'm doing a, a big speaking session. My book, by the way, uh, this Caterpillar has um, connected with me and now my book is in five languages I speak for Caterpillar all over the world. Um, I'm going down to Peru for them. I'm going to Africa for the French version. I'm going to India because Caterpillar India translated into Hindi. So <laughs> I'm going there in the spring. I've been to Singapore. Like, it's just unbelievable. But anyway, get back to the child sex trafficking. While I'm, per- while I'm, while I'm in Peru, I'm uh, visiting two orphanages, and I'm going to try and connect with uh, our rescue to visit some of the homes down there to see, you know, if I can do what I do best is talking to the kids on good touch, bad touch, not keeping secrets, you know, having a voice saying something and, you know, hopefully make my little itty itty bitty difference that I can in the world. Because I really believe each and every one of us, if we do our part, that ripple effect, it just expands and expands. And the more of us that have a voice will um, uplift those that are really struggling. Now I, 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 one more thing, I just say this because, um, these pictures that I have on the back, it's from the islands of the Caribbean where I travel. And, you know, it's not a, it's not a, a, a big fancy resort kind of travel when I go. I mean, I don't, I, I, I rent a room for 50 bucks a night. And I'm like, I don't care. Bring me to the hood, right? Bring me to where the people are hurting. I don't want the resorts. I want the real deal. And that is where you see that the Caribbean islands, as beautiful as they are, have so much child sexual abuse. It's this, it's horrifying, absolutely horrifying. That picture that I have in my kids book with 138 kids, I'd say 99% of them are being sexually abused. And I know that because I'm, as I'm talking about it, you can see in their eyes, you can see the pain, right? And the hugs that I get and just the, the love here. I'll give you a picture. Look at this. Look at this picture. Can you see? This little child hugging me, that was in uh, in Grenada. Like it just, this is why I do what I do. And this is why I keep the pictures close by so that I'm remembered, that I remember on the days that I'm not feeling good, Kathy, 
there's a lot of people there that need you more than, than you sitting here in a pity pot. Right? So right. that's my motivation is these pictures. So yeah, if we all do our part, something will change. Yes. And what I love about when, when I started coaching and they have some sexual trauma from some, sometimes from their own father, from their own family members. Yes, absolutely. And it's so difficult for them. You know, they've tried counseling, they've tried therapy and all that. And they, when they come to coaching and I know the horrors and I know how long it takes to overcome that. But what I'm getting from, uh, interviewing you is there is a, you know, a stopping point where you take back control of your life. Even though these things happened, uh, you can make the shift from a mind level and then clear out all the emotional junk. We can't, we can't sweep it under the rug. You have to believe in the person that you want to become, not what you were led to believe that you were, you know, you have to really learn to, to shift that focus because I can tell you right now from my own personal experience, if you don't make time for your wellness, you're going to have be forced to make time for your sickness, for your illness. I mean, really, right. because right. And they're it, betting on that right now. They're yeah. betting on that. Yeah. 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 Because your, your mental health trans transforms into your stress level, your emotional level comes out in physical elements. It really does. And I've seen it time and time again when I was nursing. I mean, look at my own breakdown. Right. So um, you have to. I I guess the key thing that I could say is if you want a new life for anybody that's struggling to make that transition, you're going to have to, this new life is going to require for you to let go of the old way of thinking completely. You're going to have to change everything. You're going to have to, to, to step back, view your life as a chessboard and you know, which, which parts do I play? What do I do? What do I need to change? Sometimes a lot of times, um, the most toxic people we have in our lives is our own family. You have to step away. You know, you have to sometimes just clear your head and refocus on, on what it is that you need to do for you, not for other people. Because if you can't fix you, you're sure as heck not going to be able to help anybody else. Like it's just what I do understand is that in my life, I've had very many different levels, just going from Toothless Joe to now traveling the world, owning my own house. I mean, I just finished the third draft of a screenplay for the movie. I mean, I'm, things are going, right? There's all these things. Well, it's different levels, but every level requires a different version of who I'm becoming, who I'm changing, you know, the growth. So while I'm taking the step to come up to here, this Kathy has to drop away and I have to embrace my new the, my new level the new person who I'm becoming right because right. hanging on creates more damage than letting go doesn't That's it true. yeah so it yeah it's a lot of suffering to it hang does on. It, it, it really yeah. really does mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah you have to... yeah what you explained right there is the um the infinity of our soul expression right there. Yeah. We're infinite beings, but we won't know, right? We won't know who that version is until we let go of this, That's which right. had the screen right skin right you now. You have to so, have faith. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be here if I didn't have my faith in God. I mean, honestly, um, I, I, I just wouldn't. Uh, I, I talk about it in my book. I had a personal mantra, the, the word hue. And it's kind of like the word uh, Aum, mm-hmm. but it just, it just, it, it helped me since you know the word? Yeah, of there course, you go. of course. <laughs> so there you go. Since I was 14. And that word has has 
enabled me to, to focus and to get the inner strength that I needed to overcome all these, these issues. And I talk about it in my book. I talk about it in the, in the children's book. It's there. So yeah, if anybody wants to know more, they go to my website, you'll find out. Yeah. (laughs) And that's another thing. If anybody wants to talk to me, because I know sometimes looking for help isn't always easy. There's a contact page that they can contact me directly and I will respond. If I don't respond immediately, it's because I'm at work and I don't have access to electronics, but I will respond. Honestly, I will. So. Right. Yeah. She does respond. Takes, you know, <laughs> it might take some time, but I get there. Some time, but she gets there. <laughs> no, I really love it. I, I really love your strengths. I really love your passion. Um, it's like you've got the best of both worlds now, you know, you, you've got the security of your job where you excel, yeah. right? At the same time, you're also contributing back, volunteering your time writing, uh, giving away your book uh, to children because this happened to you and it was painful. You knew exactly mm-hmm. what it was, the pain of not being yourself, of being separated from your own worth, um, being trapped in that brokenness. We are being programmed to accept brokenness, that we are broken, that we are not enough. And I love that someone like you is taking back your voice and really shouting it out there that, hey, you are never broken. No matter what happened to you in the past, you are never broken. And the spirit lives on. And it's this level and this level and this level. And that's so exciting. To witness ourselves, right? To to fully express and not and not be fully expressed in any given moment of time. Yeah. But it's that that take the step, take the step. Yes, we can be brave right now. Yes, we can do some other things, and it's a different level of brave. It's unbelievable. It is exciting. It it's so Two years invigorating. Ago, when I went to India for Caterpillar and I went to Singapore, I had time in between. So I went to Tibet because I've always wanted to to visit Tibet and tour the monasteries. Well, I I ended up at Mount Everest base camp, but there's a monastery there. And I actually filmed the video and I was like, if only Toothless Joe could see me now, (laughs) (laughs) because I mean, come on. And so, I mean, if you think about it, had someone told me that day when I'm standing beside him, drunk and depressed and like I you know you can't even see beyond your own pain and misery that I'd be standing on Mount Everest base camp in Tibet I'd have laughed him off the sidewalk I'm like yeah as if right because we don't tend to see the miracles that are just around the corner we tend to focus on the negativity when in reality it just takes a little bit of a shift and say you know what I have some really positive qualities that Man, like I didn't recognize that I had because we're so focused on the negative. So I ask each and every one of you that's listening to this, write down on a sheet the negative, like don't write the negative, write the positive ones. And even if you think you only got two or three, that's not true. The fact that, you know, you, you smile, the fact that you're, you're doing something, anything, it's a positive virtue. So it, it's, yes. they easily get hidden. Those illusions of life are easily put in front of our eyes. It's for up to us to, to unveil them, go through the, yeah. those those curtains of illusion, yeah. right? To see the truth. It's so true. Them. It's so true. You know, we, we spiral down into depression and I had that similar um, experience too, that I was spiraling down, spiraling down, spiraling down. I thought I might not as well be here. 
you know, yeah. I, I'm pretty worthless, useless. And then someone told me, Tess, do you know that I look up to you the way you raised your children solo? Da, 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 da. I'm like, wow. So the voice of God yeah. shows up just when you need it, right? Yep. Just like with Tiffless <laughs> That's <Del>. right. <laughs> and and oh, you yeah. guys, you just need to open up, open up your ears. So when you're in that space of darkness, what do they say? Instead of contracting and withholding from the world, just open up a little bit and listen in. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So summarize for me um, where they can contact you and any final words from you, um, okay. anything that I didn't ask you. Oh, we talked about everything. So right, uh, it's like <laughs> uh, people can reach me at uh, www. Kathy Takaro, Kathy with the K Takaro, T U C C A R O dot com. There's a resource page for anybody who's struggling. There's my contact page. I also recently started um, last year uh, bluestarblogger.com. I don't get there enough to write as much as I would like to. I'm a work in progress, <laughs> but there's a lot of writings on there that uh, you might find inspirational. Um, I got, like I said earlier, I, I'm working on the screenplay for the for the book to tur- turn it into a movie. So you can stay tuned for that. I'm on Instagram as Blue Star Blogger. I'm on Facebook as Kathy Taparo, um, LinkedIn. I mean, you name it. I'm so accessible and so available. Anybody wants to reach me, reach out. Uh, as for last words, I think the only thing I could do, I could talk about is if you, it's okay to fall down and lose your spark, right? Like, like I did. But make sure that when you get back up, you rise as a whole darn fire. I mean, you are the flame, right? <laughs> That's my final word. <laughs> yes, yes, Don't yes. stay oh. there. It's okay to be there. Don't stay there. Just burn. But yeah, <laughs> it's okay because everything has been teaching us a version yeah. of us. Yeah. And, and we're not just this one phase. We're the wholeness of it. So we need to, so if we stay here, you know, in the dark, yeah. We are going to experience our light sooner or later. That's right. And if we're all light also, we're we have to, you know, experience Balance. our yeah, yeah, our the darkness, the the past, because the that's where the fertilizer is. That's where we become uh the new version mm-hmm. of us. Um tomorrow we're a different person. Tomorrow we are that's a different right. person. So um release the notion that you have to stay the same because that's, that's right. boring for one thing that's boring <laughs> and it doesn't keep you safe nothing is safe unless you embrace the newness right. of you which is every day thank you so much kathy uh, it's been we wonderful made it happen. yeah thank you i love your energy i love all the things that you're doing in the work uh child sex trafficking is a horrible thing to have to happen to the future of the world and there's so much of it so much so much but again as i'm i used to like felt so horrified and felt so um uh pity almost the children right like yeah but talking to someone like you who's overcome that and able to turn your life around gives me a lot of hope gives me a lot of um uh, yeah, hope for these children that yes, they needed to experience this in life. I don't know why, 
but they can overcome it and we don't have to pity them. But we need to stop this crime against humanity on uh, crimes against children. I'm, I'm doing my part. I'm trying anyway. Yes. So. And because then this leads to homelessness. This leads to drug addiction. Yeah. This leads to failure in family and relationship. Suicide and all sorts suicide of stuff. Suicide and right? all sorts of things. Thank you so much, Kathy. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Soul Power to the People podcast with Tess Vergara. We can no longer be the spectators of our own destruction. Take back your mind, take back your voice, take back your soul, take back your power. Join me again next time for the next episode of Soul Power to the People.